You are listening to Pigs in a Podcast, the official K-Pig podcast, featuring interviews with your favorite new and not-so-new pig artists. Here's Mick, the not-so-new guy Gray, guest hosting on a recent interview from our Neighborhood Night Wednesday Night series. You are listening to KPIG 107.5 Freedom, California, and KPYG 94.9 Cayucas, San Luis Obispo, and streaming worldwide, commercial-free at kpig.com. Well, it's about that time again. It's time for Neighborhood Night, yes. And tonight, uh, we're going to be talking to a great singer-songwriter, Adam Hood, uh, Neighborhood Night is brought to you by New Leaf Community Markets, rooted in the greater good since 1985. Neighborhood Night is also brought to you by Sylvan Music at the corner of Mission and Bay for everything musical with friendly prices for every level of player. And don't forget about their repair department. That's second to none. Yes, it is time for Neighborhood Night. And I want to bring in our friend and guest tonight, Adam Hood, are you there? Yes, sir. How I do? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Whenever I get to talk to somebody of your caliber of talent, it's <laughs> exciting. It's always exciting well, for me. That's a high compliment. Thank you. I appreciate that. Where, where are you calling from? Uh, we're uh, in on the road somewhere in Mississippi. I think we just crossed the Mississippi line. We're uh, left. Uh, we live in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So we left Alabama a little while ago. And uh, headed to Texas tonight. Wow! So you're where are you going to be in Texas? Uh, I'll be in Houston uh, tomorrow night. Then uh, New Braunfels, which is uh, a little bit north of San Antonio, then back to Houston for a yeah, day. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You're going to yeah. be at the Mucky Duck? No, you know we got band shows, and usually I don't play the Mucky Duck until I do acoustic stuff. But I played it a bunch. In fact, um, during COVID. Uh, the Monkey Duck was one of the the, the few places that I, I kind of had a consistent residency in. Rusty is a, a great guy, and they had they had it set up to where you they could live stream, and uh, their the, the quality was was pretty pretty superb. So it, uh, I, I kind of I made the Monkey Duck a, a pretty consistent yeah, stop. Yeah, the streams were unbelievable. I mean, uh, yeah. I had heard of the club. I had never I've never been down to Houston, uh, um, but I had through COVID. I was doing tons, obviously, of, of streaming because I'm a music freak. And right. I came across those streams, and they were, oh, my God. Now I want to watch all uh, Mucky Duck right. uh, streams. They're just so clean and, and really high quality. Yeah, and, and I think I think Rusty's son was the one that was handling it. And, and ironically, I think he lived in Kansas City. So, uh, you know, they were kind of handling it from different areas. But, I mean, it was a multiple camera thing. The, 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 the sound quality was good. The, the you know, everything just looked great. I mean, I think, you know, out of, out of a lot of, you know, went to a lot of places that tried and, um, and I think they were one of the, one of the places that really got it right. I agree, man. I they, think they still do it. I hope yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I just, uh, I think I watched, uh, last one I watched was Brennan Lee, I think just recently there. Yeah. He's uh, great. Oh, he's great. Jeez. Yeah. Hey, Adam, uh, tell, yeah. give us a little bit of a background, uh, how you started in music. And I wanted to ask you before you give us the background, is there any truth to that um, story I heard about Miranda Lambert is like driving through a town and she either breaks down or just stops for the night and happens to, happens to stumble into a little bar and you're playing there? 
Oh, yeah, that's an absolute truth. Yeah. So, um, well, okay, I'm originally from Alabama. Like I said, I got started when I was a kid in high school and church and stuff like that. And I just, you know, I finally found some paying gigs. Uh, <laughs> and um, and it, it just kind of toured around the country from there. Um, and then I was in New Braunfels, well, where, I, where I'll be Friday night. And uh, I was playing a place called Tavern on the Green. And Ray Wiley Hubbard used to do a uh, radio show there on Tuesday nights. And uh-huh. so... Um, we were there, and according to Miranda, uh, the, she and her mother were kind of a uh, – New Braunfels is a, is a kind of a river town. The, the Guadalupe and the Kamau come together there, so it's a lot of rafting and just, you know, kind of a – just a nice summertime place, and so it's a, a pretty pretty frequent vacation spot for her. And, um, yeah, they, they had had some car trouble, and they took it. They took the car in, and the guy said, well, I can get, you, get it fixed tomorrow. And so they said, well, let's just go get a room. And uh, they went to Tavern on the Green. They walked in. Casey Musgraves was with them, in fact. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, and so and there I was sitting there on Tuesday night. And, yeah, it was uh, – and the rest is – well, I got a publishing deal out of it and <laughs> some good cuts. And, I mean, if anybody discovered me, I think Miranda really was the one that did it. She got me to Nashville and introduced me to the majority of the people that I know now. That's fantastic, man. I mean, what a, yeah. you know, that almost, when I read it, I was like, that sounds too Hollywood. That sounds like a movie story. Is that true? <laughs> sure enough. Yeah. But you Pretty just made it, fiction sometimes. you yeah. made it better. Casey Musgraves <laughs> is, is with her. They're just kind of hanging out together and, you know, geez, that's crazy. Yeah. Crazy, so, right. so you, you, um, you have, she has covered your songs. Yes. Um, I had a song, uh, that I wrote with Brent Cobb and Miranda that was on uh, her, her Way to These Wings album. That was, uh, I, I want to say it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. But then we've written together a lot, and, and uh, I think I've recorded a couple of songs of hers, and we've tried to get them cut here and there. So, you know, it's, but, but yeah, she's always been, been a real big help. I always, I always like to talk to songwriters about, because I was talking to uh, 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 Charlie Mars couple weeks ago and we yeah, talked about a good buddy. he's he's a great great dude yeah. yeah really nice guy and a great songwriter too and we started talking about that T- writing by yourself is one thing but then you you find that writing with other people could you elaborate on that a little bit what what that did for you uh as far as like like collaborating with other artists yeah or? yeah yeah writing writing with other people yeah i mean i mean it's really kind of it's really the thing that I wanted to do initially, to tell you the truth. I mean, I, 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 when I was, got started, you know, for a while it was, you know, Bon Jovi and, and stuff like that. Well, I say that. Stevie Ray put in step out about the time that, that I, you know, kind of got interested in the guitar. But then when I was 17, I heard John Hyatt spring the family. And so I feel like that was kind of a, a unique gem for me to find at that age. Oh, because yeah. I really I really kind of, that was when I decided, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Because I, I, I looked at it as, as basically Hyatt was the guy that, that wrote songs that, and made his own albums. And, and it, I mean, that album is a, it's a master. It is. It is a masterpiece. That Hyatt made, you know. But then, uh, you know, that was right when Bonnie Raitt had a hit with Thing Called Love. Yeah. So, so you know, I, I was able to relate it. I was able to relate songwriter to artist to song and I said okay well that's what I want to do and at the time like that was kind of when you know Garth Brooks was coming out with the dance and things like that and you know Garth was always really I mean he held in country music he really was was uh 
uh, gave a lot of praise to the guys that wrote the songs, and and uh, I, I can't say that it's always like that, but but he was he was one person that said, hey, you know, Tony Arado wrote the dance, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? He was real real, you know. And and as like I said, at 16, 17 years old, I never I never knew the difference had it not been for Hyatt and Deborah McClinton and and again Garth Brooks and stuff like that. So I kind of kind of came along at an interesting interesting time, and I just I, I looked at it like. For some strange reason, I thought that songwriting was going to be the more normal side of of, of <laughs> I was dead wrong, but uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, um, I you know I, I thought that it would be the way to kind of I could be a dad and be a husband and and be a songwriter and, and it'd be a lot more realistic than being someone that stays on the road thirty days out of a out of a month. You know? Yeah, that road warriors are something that just blow me away. I mean. You, to, they're just on the road all the time. A, a friend of mine, Steve Poltz, is one of those guys. He's just constantly, yeah. constantly on the road. Yeah, I know. And you know, and there's there's a lot to be said for it. You know, and the the beauty in country music is the fact that it's a it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday gig. You know, nobody that uh, I don't say nobody, but it's hard to get some you know blue collar folks to come out on a Tuesday. Everybody's yeah. got to work, and so which is like I said. I mean, it's kind of you know, if you're playing for your audience, then then it, it gives gives me a couple of days at home and, and just, you know, some downtime. So, but yeah, we, it's, it's still pounding pavement, but, but by no means. But um, you prefer, you, you're, you're not really, you wouldn't call yourself a, a crazy road warrior. You'd prefer uh, writing, uh, perf- uh, recording and being at home more. I think the writing process is probably where I'm the best yeah. to tell you the truth. I mean, like, I feel like that's, I feel like that that's my, I can serve a little better that way. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like I'm, I'm a little bit more available to, to sort of, I, I'm, I kind of pat myself on the back for being great at second verses. I'm a good closer. If you got an idea, <laughs> if you hit a wall, I can help you push through it, you know? And so, so, you know, through the years of doing it, I have my night, but I mean, you know, we've, we, uh, I've been doing this long enough to where we have a, you know, a good band and, 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 we, you know, there's, what we do live by any means but at the same time you know it's a, it's just it's all different the studio is different from the writing room yeah and they're both different from the stage you know it's just it, it, it's all it's all its own different approach and and there's a there's method to all of it how many uh members are in your band that you're touring with right now we got this four of us four of you me and three other guys yeah uh-huh, yeah I, so your I, standard rock and roll band. Nice i've seen some i watched some videos of you um performing with i think just I think it was just a trio. Yeah, I did that for a long time. That's yeah. a lot of work. I mean, I you know I, I enjoy playing guitar, but at the same time, like it's just a lot of work. Yeah, you're got, you got to cover all the guitar parts, man. But yeah. you you seem to be a pretty dang good guitar player. <laughs> well, you're sweet. I mean, you're pulling <laughs> off some nice. I saw you pulling off some nice riffs. You know. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've done it for a long time, but at the same time, there's a part of me that enjoys it. There's also a part of me that would just rather leave it to the pros. In I've your- got a really thought. I've got a, I've kind of fallen in love with my acoustic recently, and so it's kind of it's kind of hard to put an electric in my hands. I've really kind of the, the, my my Martin has become a bit of an appendage. You have a, <laughs> you must have a really uh, hot gu- uh, lead guitar player. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He covers he covers about three three different parts at one time so damn because yeah because yeah, i know your music your music is very very soulful it has uh it you know that the it has the wonderful wonderful southern 
groove to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and to do that, you gotta you gotta have those those groovy li- licks too, you know, to really pull it off. And you do. Thank you for saying that. And I mean, I consider myself a product of my influences. Really, you know, I mean, I I I, I feel like I can't. Well, and at the same time, there's a I, I guess I'm self aware enough to know what I'm what I can pull off and what I need to stay away from. You know what I mean? I kind of. I kind of know where my lane is now. Do I bounce around in that lane? Yes, but yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I always kind of decided if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna do this, just you, you, you know, make yourself available to a lot of things, but try to be good at something, you know. And and so, you know, I I wanted to be that guy that if you if you need if you need something that's like a funky country song, call Adam, you know. And so, yeah. uh, you know, that was kind of what I sought after. But that was also the music that I gravitated to. That was the stuff that I loved. And yeah. Granted, again, you know, there's a lot of, there's you no know, Steve Earle and Travis Tritt. And again, Garth Brooks has his moments. And yeah. then there's Little Feet. And then there's, you know, there's just a whole, just a, I mean, a, a, a world of music out there that kind of fits in that left to center world between blues and country. And I like that area. I've always listened to that music. I feel like that it's the stuff that when I write, I can pull it off easy. Um, not easy, but it, it, it all feels natural. Yeah. You know what I mean? The That's- process. That's what you have. You have that natural yeah. feel to it. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you. I mean, and I and I, I I hope that I hope that it comes across that it's not contrived because oh. because it's not. I mean, again, like I said, I you know, there's I I know what I I know what I can't do. <laughs> right. So so I try to try to do the best I can at what I can do. Uh, um, you hang around with and record with a couple really funky Southern bands, the Band of Heathens yeah. and. Uh, and Blackberry Smoke. Yep, and that was kind of the, the, the two worlds I lived in, um, basically. So, uh, I went...
just can't find the beat I can't make you swing On account of my two left feet Still I got to keep on a moving And shuffling my shoes Well I put my soul in my music And find a different groove
K-Pig Radio right there with Adam Hood. 22 days long and different groove. Adam, are you with us? I'm with you now. Oh, I'm with you. Thank <laughs> God. I'm glad I got you back, <laughs> Me man. Me too. So we heard a couple songs off the new album, Different Groove. Yeah, right. This album, you originally recorded in 2007. Correct. Tell us. In Los Angeles. Yeah, in Los Angeles. Um, so in my travels on the road, uh, kind of getting started, I played Little Rock, Arkansas. I opened up for a guy named Moot Davis, who who was Pete Anderson. Oh, was yeah. In that band. And, and Dwight Yoakam's guitar player, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah, and produced all Dwight's albums. So we met Pete. Uh, it was a little bit of a courtship, and then I kind of spent three years going back and forth between Alabama and Los Angeles, which was a bit of a culture shock for me. Um, uh, recording the, diff the original Different Groove album. Yeah. Um, again, like you said, we released it in 2007. Uh, I, toured, I, I toured with Leon Russell for a, a number of for about three years. No way. A lot of, oh, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was some of the, some of the brokest years I ever was, but some of the greatest experiences I ever had. I mean, wow. you know, I, I played the, the, the West Coast pretty frequently uh, when I was with Leon. Um, of course, the, just everywhere. I mean, I played Green Hall in Texas for the first time. I mean, I went across the country with Leon. So, um, but that was so that was around the time that album came out. Um, and and which we decided to redo it just because uh, you know sometimes it's nice to have your masters. Number one. Oh um, and, yeah. And then you know this this album just needed a fresh coat of paint, and it, I didn't really seek out Gordy to do this. Uh, so uh, my buddy Jason Eady had gone in and, and recorded his Mississippi album, and I think the album before that uh, with Gordy at the, the finishing school in Austin. And, I, you know, Jason is probably one of my oldest, dearest friends, and, and I just, when I heard both of those albums, there was a noticeable difference in Jason's voice. I mean, I just feel like that, that they, they did something right. And so I reached out to Gordy, and I said, man, I said, I don't know what you did, but uh, you did it great, and I sure would like to come in and... and but the thing is, we had just put out Bad Days Better, so he said, well, well you know, what do we got to do? And I said, well, you know, why don't you guys uh, listen to this different groove album? Because, you know, they're the, one of the heathen's knacks is they seem to be really great at redoing stuff in a way that that makes it contemporary but still is authentic to the original. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's in everything that they've done. And that's a that's a, a craft in itself you know like you can't just you, you, you don't just you don't just wake up one day and do that you you, you kind of learn to modernize things and still pay homage to them by really being a student of whatever it is that you're that you're remaking basically yeah that's an and art I, that's an art yeah. yeah exactly and they're masters at it i mean uh, the the gordian the heathens are they're just they're masters at it it's, they're all great so um i took the opportunity uh, it, it it really went great, and uh, I'm I'm thankful for it. So oh yeah, I mean to yeah, I mean you work the so the so the band of heathens, uh, you know, I think three of them are actually play on your record with you. Correct, yeah, it, I think it was yep. Uh, Richie uh, Millsap, who who was in the heathens at the time, who played drums. Yeah, uh, I think he's with John Fogarty now. But oh, then uh. Nick played bass. Uh, David Jimenez is the guy that played guitar on it. I don't think David tours. He's an Austin guy. Wow. But then uh. Trevor, who plays keys with the guys, and uh, and of course Gordy and yeah. um, Courtney and uh, Kelly McQuee sang on in that the album. So I had, had a, a lot of good friends and talented folks. Yeah, yeah. What a what a you know what a band to have record record a uh, such a beautiful, smooth, funky groove record. You know, Southern right. groove, man. 
Yeah, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Something it's something special. The whole record really really sounds good, and the production is wonderful. Um, I really dig it a lot. Um, there's a song on it that I want to play after we're done mm -hmm. uh, because it's probably the longest song on the record, and I don't want to make <laughs> you sit around for seven minutes. But um, a song <laughs> for a song called "Fool of an Honest Man," and yeah. when I listen to that song. I hear Al Green, you know, kind of creeping in. Does does was yeah. there any influence of Al Green on that? Absolutely, yeah. I was if it, when I wrote that song, um, I was really into like Dole Bramhall Jr. Oh. and I was really into Lenny Kravitz. I was into that circus album yeah. of Kravitz's, and so like I was really into those kind of minor key funk songs with with you know, with, with lyric to him, basically, right. you know what I mean? And so, and, and yes, of course, Al Green's is, is obviously, uh, um, a, a influence, you know, just being from where I'm from and yeah. close to Memphis and stuff. So, um, it's, it, you know, I had plenty of stuff to pull from, but, but it's, I mean, that chord structure is really kind of based on, I'd say more than anything, those two, Lenny Kravitz yeah. and Doyle. Bramhall. Well, I mean, Doyle Bramhall, God, some of the stuff he's done over the years, his solo efforts are just so funky, just they're like they're they're almost rubbery they just kind of they're like they just roll along out of the speakers yeah. it's crazy man that's a great well, and, you know and the funny thing is you know and, and kind of listening to his stuff you know he, he's one of the few players that i can say like it's really you know you see a lot of players play upside down but you can kind of emulate what they do regardless but like you kind of can't do anything like i can't do anything that he does because I don't play upside exactly. down. Exactly. Patterns are different, you know, and so there's just a, it's a completely different approach to all his songs. And his, his melodies are, they're just, they're kind of outer space. I mean, I just, I've always been a, such a fan of his melodies. I don't know where they come from, oh, but God. Uh, I've certainly been a student of them. Yeah. The, um, I, I, I play a little bit. I'll bring, bring it in here every once in a while and play the Archangels record. Oh, what a great record, man. Which just, I mean, it cooks, man. Him and Charlie Sexton <laughs> and, and yeah. Stevie's rhythm section, man. What a band know, that was, right? man. I know. What a band. I no, think they no got back now. together a little bit like a year or two ago, but I don't, I don't know if they're doing any, any more of that. But Yeah, I picked up the album. Like, you know, they went and did like a live at Ann's Tones thing and made like a double album out of it. Yeah. And, uh, I picked it up. There's, I mean, it's, it sounds as great as it always did. There was a single that they put out that was really good. Wow. But I mean, because for live records are hard, you know, <laughs> and and because they they're either great or they're terrible. Yeah. So uh, that one was a that was a great one. I totally agree with you with live records. I mean, it's 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 tough to to capture a moment. Like yeah, that. there's no middle of the road. You no. can't really, like I said, it either comes out perfect or it's really really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so. so um. What's your tour? What's your touring like on this? Uh, I know you're out right now, and then you're going into Texas. But are you coming out west, or where are you going? Well, uh, sadly, we're going to be on the whole other side of the country. So uh, we do this run this weekend, and then uh, February 21st, I start a run with my buddy Drake White, who is um, a friend of mine from Alabama. He's been in Nashville for a long time, and so we we start that that run starts on the 21st and goes till probably mid May, and we go everywhere from Maine to St. Augustine, Florida, the entire. Oh coast. my God, that's a Full, full East Coast, yeah. Well, and I'm hoping that what we'll do is because we hit the East Coast so hard in the spring that maybe fall we can hit the West Coast. I haven't been there in years. It's been a long, long time. And, I, I you know, I, I the, the years that I spent over there, I, I developed some friendships and stuff. And 
Um, I'm going to have to start over, but I'm willing to do it. I miss I miss being over there. I, I always loved the weather, and there were some great venues that I got to tour with Leon. So well, I'd love to come back. Uh, we- I, I don't want to hold you too much longer, but here you bring up Leon Russell, and he's one of the legends of music. Uh, is there a is there one story that just j- jumps out immediately about the man? Oh man, I mean, uh, I, okay, yeah, I can tell you this one. So <laughs> we played this place called Henry's. We played this place called Henry's Hideout. Uh, it was outside of Houston somewhere, um, and and so it, we, we we got there. And it was taking a long time for him to set up the PA. And, I mean, it looked like, you know, Leon was a big five-piece, and he had that spaceship keyboard that he had. And, and it, it looked like they were plugging him into a stereo system. Like, there wasn't, it wasn't adequate sound. Oh, no. But somehow they made the sound work. So we got, we got on stage. We got about 40, 40 minutes of our 45-minute set out, and they kind of they verbally pushed us off the stage. And so we accepted it the way it was. And so about the third song in Leon's set, a blade from a ceiling fan comes off on stage. <laughs> yeah. And so luckily nobody was hurt, but I mean, you know, Leon was kind of a man of few words and he never really said anything. And he, he had a few choice words to say that night. We, oh, <laughs> my drummer and I, we laughed about that for a long God. time. Somebody yeah. could have got hurt bad, man. That's what, well, that's what he said. He said, turn that thing off. Somebody's going to get killed. Uh. <laughs> he was right. Well, nobody did though. Oh man, you've you you have a you have an amazing career. Um, geez, the you know we didn't even talk about Brent Cobb, but he we before uh, you came in tonight, I I played Southern Star, which you co-wrote with Brent Cobb. Yes, I know. And Brent, the Brent, same thing. I mean, he's kind of my other best friend. In fact, uh, I was at Capricorn Studios today with Brent. We're working on some more music, and and uh, you know. He's just a longtime friend, and and you know I was when he and I got together, he had just started a publishing deal, and I was one year in. So so I we we kind of met at the same time, and and our hometowns are about two hours from each other. So he's just over the Georgia line, and I'm on the west side of the Alabama line. So we we grew up in the same you know g- geography and, wow. and kind of playing the same clubs and stuff like that. So uh, so we had a lot in common when we met. Um, and yeah, he's just a dear friend. Our kids are the same age and I just, you know, someone that I can, I can, you know, cry on his shoulder anytime or, you know, ask to borrow 20 bucks anytime. And I just, you know, he's a, he's a a good friend. I'm thankful to have him. You know what my favorite song of his is? It's the song, The World is Ending. Uh, Right. (laughs) But you know why? Because through the pandemic, I, I will never, I will it don't matter how how far in the future, whenever I think of that song or hear that song, I'll remember the pandemic. It's just crazy. I mean, that might be weird to some people, but for me, it was just like that song was so powerful, man. Well, that's the beauty of music. It creates a timestamp. And, you know, you really, regardless of what, what the intention of the song was yeah. it, to the listener. Each it, person's it different. That. And that's, yeah, that's the important thing, you know. So it's it's a uh, I get it, man. That's uh, very that's pretty so special. Cool. Well, thank you, thank you so much, especially for hanging while I got you back on the phone, and thank you for the stories. Thank you for your music. Um, everybody, go out and buy different grooves from Adam Hood. It's it's something special, man. Well, thank you. The pleasure is all mine. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And uh, let's get, let's do it again sometime. And thank you for spinning the record. It means the world. Heck yeah, man. We're going to keep playing it. And we'll, uh, we'll see you when you get out to the West Coast next time. All right. Fingers crossed we'll see you sooner than later. Take care out there on the road, man.
As always, thanks for listening to Pigs in a Podcast. And remember, you'll find the latest episodes posted weekly at kpig.com. You can also subscribe to the series for free in iTunes. And the latest episodes will be downloaded to your computer automatically. Thanks again, piggies.